Yep. All right. So today we have Wayne Black, who is CEO of Wayne Black and Associates uh, here in the United States. And Wayne, let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background before we get into discussing the issue at hand, which is the Afghan exit. Sure, happy to. I was a police officer at Miami-Dade County, and then I was a group supervisor at the Dade State Attorney's Office in the Public Corruption Organized Crime Division. Um, I left, uh, 9-11 happened. I then worked as a contractor for DHS uh, running a red team, and that's a, a team that tries to enter and test security at U.S. facilities and other facilities around the country. Um, and basically, uh, after that, I uh, was selected to protect uh, Secretary of Defense Rumsfeld uh, for the last, Jesus, been the last 14 years until his uh, death uh, in June of this year. And during the course of that time, did you, when, when you were with Rumsfeld, did you see, I, I know that there was a program that he and his wife were involved in with some refugees. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, he, he uh, when he was in Congress years ago, he ran the Eisenhower Fellowship. And then um, when, before he left, he and his wife, Joyce, started the, the Rumsfeld uh, uh, Foundation, the Rumsfeld Fellowship, and then they focused on the caucuses. And uh, when the wall fell, remember, he was the first cabinet level official that went over there to prop things up. And so he basically sent select, um, uh, I call them kids, they were the younger generation in their 30s and 40s to Johns Hopkins for PhDs. And he did those kinds of things. So every summer, we would visit one of the caucuses in Georgia, Tajikistan, uh, Azerbaijan, Mongolia. So uh, we we had some great times over there. It was like a reunion for the fellows, and they would all come meet with him. So we traveled extensively in the Central Asian caucuses. So when you take a look at what's happened in Afghanistan, when we pulled out in August, what's your reaction to all this, and, and why have you gotten involved in you know, the particulars of helping to get people out? Well, I think history, uh, Christine's repeating itself. Look what the same the same group of people in the administration did in in 2012 with Benghazi. We pulled out. What was the result? Ambassador Stevens and a bunch of other people died. In 2014, same group of people pulled out of Mosul, and the Yazidi Christians, the the oldest Christians in the world, were largely slaughtered. Uh, Five thousand, uh, roughly, were there in Mosul. 4,500 roughly were slaughtered. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be with a team that that interviewed the remaining uh, groups, some of the remaining groups of Yazidi Christians in a in a country, a different country. Uh, we can't discuss where where they were in hiding, and uh, basically hiding in in churches. And the stories they told us about what ISIS did, marking the doors with a noon, the letter N. Uh, for the Nazarene, they would go in and they would they would rape and kill them, slaughter the babies, and in some cases they would force mothers to eat the flesh of the of the children. It's outrageous. And here we are again. Now, 2021, we're in Afghanistan. This is going to make Benghazi and and the Yazidi Christians pale by comparison. I'm afraid to just another a third genocide to be chalked up to the same group in the administration. Do you do you, do you think that we are on the verge of genocide? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm talking to 
uh, journalists over there every night, and it's just so frustrating to be able to talk to them, and they don't have the, the proper visas, and they're hiding and things like that. Um, one man that I talked to overnight <clears throat> was an anchor over there. He was very outspoken against the sex crimes committed by the, the Taliban, and, um, and uh, I'm just so afraid that when and if they find those people, they're hunting them down, and they take them out, we won't, we won't have reports of, uh, of, of uh, sexual uh, activity and, and sex crimes. Well, as, as, uh, as you well know, Todd and I and Laura Logan have come out and said we want to help get the journalists that are out, that are still there, that did not make it on the planes, even though they had visas, and they want to get their families out. Tell us what you're hearing from those journalists inside. Well, the, the gentleman I'm talking to, which is an, a very well-known anchor, for example, um, he's talking to other journalists, and they're moving around, they're hiding. Uh, he has a, a diplomatic passport, so he could leave, but he will not leave his wife, young son, and mother. So um, they're just they're frustrated. They're praying that that something will happen, uh, but there's no hope in sight. Now they're not employed right now, of course. They're hiding, so they're running out of money for food and 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 supplies. So it gets worse by the day. Todd, do you, do you think that, and, and Wayne, both of you, do you think that, um, that there, I mean, the, the structure of this visa program, which is underneath State Department, how did this get so messed up? Because you have one person in a family who gets a visa. And then what did the State Department think was going to happen? They were going to leave their children and spouses behind? Do you have an opinion, either one of you on that? I don't well, really know the background on that. Well, remember the SIV program, um, Congress uh, worked on that for a while and the, the whole intent of it was to be able to take a period of time and vet people so we didn't bring in um, people that were involved in, in terrorist activity. It was never meant for this mass surrender. Mm -hmm. So because of that, the, the, the mechanism doesn't work and this administration is not willing to to revise it. Well, at the same time, we've let in uh, 1.5 million people from the southern border, and we have no idea who they are. And another, what, 80,000 from Afghanistan that were unvetted, allegedly? Yep. They, well, they, they wanted to say that they had an airlift, Todd, as you know. They, well, we had a great airlift. And so they just opened the, the doors and put a bunch of people on the plane. And I'm concerned about those guys with their um, all those men with their young daughters, so yeah. to speak, that, you know, the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old little girls that were really their wives, and we brought them here. Well, didn't they have to provide, what did they call it, uh, gender advisors or something to uh, Fort McCoy up in uh, Minnesota, I think, last week to try and stop the sex crimes and all that was happening with the refugees? Yeah, yeah, they had some up there, and I think they were, they charged some of them uh, up there locally with uh, sex crimes. Mm -hmm. So, Wayne, let's talk about um, the, historically how this happened before, because I mean, I'm in agreement with you that we left, that we abandoned people in Benghazi and, and also the Christians in, in Mosul, because we also, I also investigated in Mosul. 
the organ trafficking that was done in the hospitals there. Um, and it was horrifying. I mean, some of the stories I heard and they couldn't, they couldn't do them without real doctors. And these are doctors that were forced to do the organ trafficking on those individuals at the time. How do you think this is going to play out in Afghanistan? Well, and what do you think needs to be done? Well, this is, this administration needs to do the right thing. Look, we, we, meaning the United States triggered these three events. Um, the, uh, Benghazi, Mosul, and now Afghanistan, we triggered it. We were in there doing the right thing. Just think for 20 years in, in Afghanistan, I mean, two years ago, Afghanistan bought more cell phones than any other country in the world. So I, I heard imagine, that. imagine those, those children that were born less than 20 years ago, they wake up and all of a sudden there are these, the Taliban's there telling people to cover up and taking away rights. What needs to be done, I think, Christine, is this administration just needs to do the right humanitarian thing. Will they do it? Probably not. Um, look what they're doing in other locations. And this is, I think, uh, big picture with these guys, it's about the midterms. They don't want this to last and be around for the midterm elections. I mean, that's my feeling. Um, and th those of us that are trying to get people out, I mean, it's frustrating, but we're, we're eking out some results here and there, not what we should do. We promise not to leave people behind. This president promised not to leave people behind, and that's exactly what he has done over and over again. Do you want to share with us some of the um, operations in a broad sense? I know you can't talk about the operations in a, in a very you know narrow sense, but about the op about the operations of getting people out since um, the August thirty first deadline. Well, that, those are being done on a case by case basis, and look, our group is probably over five thousand people working on this. Our group is a is a smaller group, but. Uh, people are getting out by land and and some uh, some by air. Uh, people like Glenn Beck and the Nazarene group are are moving out a bunch of people. Um, uh, the the uh, Eric Prince from uh, the old Blackwater they're moving people. So uh, we only know what we're we're hearing on our on our uh, on our comms. Uh, but we're I guess that we're getting out. I mean, there's still Americans there. My guess is five percent or less of Americans or of Afghan helpers uh, or of, of everybody. I think the Americans, some of the Americans are out, um, but I think the helpers and things, the ones that don't have uh, SIVs, unless this government changes or unless there's some magic route by land uh, into Pakistan or someplace else. I mean, they're, they're in bad shape and, and they don't have money. And you can imagine the other thing that's sprung up is, is the mules, uh, the, 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 the gouging, you know, okay, we'll get you out. I've heard we'll get you out, but it'll be $2,000 a person. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to tell you where we're going to take you, those kinds of things. So that, that happens, that happens in war zones though. And it happens in, you know, I mean, that, every time there's a migration, whatever causes the migration, uh, you have, you have the, 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 coyotes as we call them in the human trafficking arena and that and they raise the rate when there's more desperation to get out of any place yeah look i remember years ago that some some nuns were kidnapped down in bolivia or something and the and the government and the fbi claimed jurisdiction and went down and got them um last week some people were kidnapped in haiti and mm -hmm. we've got we've got fbi agents on the ground and special teams trying to get them out it's a a church group, I think, from Ohio or someplace. Um, 
and there's like 17 people. Well, that's what we should do. That, that's exactly the same thing that's happening over there. The Taliban agreed to do certain things. Of course, they didn't do it. And now they've, now they've kidnapped um, uh, Americans and, and others. Do we actually know if they are actually holding people? I mean, we know people are on the run. And I know that I talked to an Afghani uh, producer whose brother-in-law was taken by the Taliban and the rest of his family were hiding up in the, in the hills. Do we know uh, of any more kidnaps inside Afghanistan as of today, which is two months later after uh, August 31st? Almost two months later. Yeah, I, in, the, in, the, in terms, Christina, the normal kidnapping, hold them for ransom and holding them in a jail or a house or in a car, we haven't heard that, but, but surely they're not letting them out. Look, uh, the interior minister is a guy named Haqqani, as in the Haqqani Network, he's the son of Bin Laden's buddy who created the Haqqani Network. They put them in charge of the interior, which is like our State Department. They check the manifest before people fly out. They check to make sure that, that they're not some of these judges that they're looking for and, and journalists. So no, no well-known journalist is going to go to the airport and say, I'm, I'm on the manifest and let me fly out. Well, there are actually some journalists uh, who left that are in the Balkans right now. Uh, there, matter of fact, there's two that I know of that 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 got out, um, women, um, and, and one of them is was very well known in, in the country. But it's it's still, you know, it's such a sense of fear and desperation that, um, you know, the money's going to go up, how much is going to cost, the smuggling costs are going to go up, the extraction costs are going to go up. So what is what is the most... I guess what I'm looking for is what is it that the public needs to know that they can do to push our government to do the right thing? Because obviously we're not doing the right thing because we have an incomplete goal here. I, th I think that the public needs to be aware of the story and realize what it means. And um, I think keep the, keep the story going, keep the heat on. We can't forget these people. You know, we can't repeat Benghazi and and in Mosul again, we we for you know we forgot those people because it's not on the news and something else happens. But this is a this is a genocide and it's only going to get worse. Um, I'm just I'm just afraid for those people over there. And what do you what are you and the people that you're working with? What do you need to to be to to get these people out? Well, we need um, diplomatic uh, liaisons with the countries, the surrounding countries, that will um, that will take some of these people on special on special visas, meaning the kind of visa that you get when you arrive. If I if I fly to Panama from here from Miami or fly to Bolivia, for example, I can land and pay twenty dollars and get a visa. That's that's really what we need now. Russia told countries like Uzbekistan and Tajikistan, hey, look, are you you want to do what the United States did, what they're doing in, in Mexico, and allowing uh, a million or so people to, to come across your border? You have no idea who they are. What if they're terrorists? So they took that to heart, remember? And Uzbekistan closed the border. So they're taking advice from the Russians right now as, you know, compared to what we did with that flight with how many other people we didn't know who they were is probably good advice. So explain to the public what happened with that flight with Uzbekistan. 
well, it wasn't a fight. Uzbekistan said, we're going to close the border the, for foot traffic and everything else. <clears throat> there was one flight that they turned around and said, you don't have per, you know, permission to land because the people weren't vetted by them. So just think if you're in Uzbekistan, well, who, are the, who are these people on a plane? Well, the Haqqani network cleared them. <laughs> they put them on a plane. So you got a terrorist group saying, vouching for that the people on the plane are are vetted people. Well, it's, that's insane. And so they turned flight around. They they shut the border. So the, uh, I hear that the border is supposed to open for some selected foot traffic um, at the end of uh, end of this month. But but we don't know. That could change anytime. Do we know if um, who at our State Department is involved with this? Who's making the decisions? I can't believe that you know Tony Blinken, who's Secretary of State, is is uh, addressing the details on a day to day basis. We, we don't know. Um, some of the groups are trying to get through to them. I think one or two groups met with people at the State Department, and there were a bunch of promises and um, and of course nothing has happened but I I don't see any progress from the State Department I don't see any emergency rules that would allow for example the journalist that I was talking about who has a diplomatic passport to bring in his family um, that's just not happening Todd do you want to add anything to this before we close out um you know, I'm just, I, I still think this has a bigger, uh, you know, we're we're looking at the symptoms of a much bigger disease, which is this regime. And I, I fear that there's a much bigger motivation for this whole thing, which is really, you know, there's Chinese aircraft flying in Bagram Air Base now. So I'm worried that this is much bigger than just this. But I know we need to focus on getting the people out. But I think this is going to develop into a much bigger story um, over time. Yeah, I think that I think that's right, Todd. Uh, what about the lithium supply in in uh, Afghanistan? Probably the largest supply in the world. And the 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 question, Christine, is: Did we sell this country to China? Mm -hmm. Sell Afghanistan? Well, let's discuss this. We didn't sell it. Biden sold it. We, yeah, exactly. well, that, that that may be true, but let's talk about because I think the American public has no idea about the Brick Road Initiative that G announced in 2014, but it had certainly been in play in Africa and Latin America in terms of economic coercion for the last 25 plus years. I mean, we and who wants to go first on the Brick Road Initiative? Because I think it's very interesting uh, for people to know there is value in the U.S. pulling out from Afghanistan for the Russians as well as for China. Uh, well, well, the Russians, uh, I'll speak to that real quick. They have a problem with terrorism. I mean, they're not, you know, th th they are worried about their soft underbelly through the Caucasus, which Wayne mentioned. I mean, you know, Dagestan, Chechnya is a real problem for them. They kill terrorists down there all the time. And I think this is, um, they are taking advantage. Yes, the U.S. is out and they can move in in certain ways, but they're also very worried. Yep. In terms of Afghanistan being a strategic location, look look where it's look look where it's situated. I mean, in terms of just raw intel and right. operate an operational ability, uh, Bagram was the perfect place. Mm -hmm. And uh, this over the horizon thing is really a joke. 
I mean, that's uh, that's a talking point that somebody made up. That's not an operational term. As as those uh, seven children found out that the United States killed with that over the horizon thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. also there's the the Brick Road Initiative. It goes over the, the there's a northern province uh, of Afghanistan, and that is where some of the natural resources are. I don't know if that's exactly what the lithium is, but I know that the road that is planned is over that northern province uh, coming out of China. Well, it's gas pipelines. It's it's mm-hmm. all of that. You know, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. You're talking about the One Belt One Road Initiative, is what you're right. talking about. Yeah. Yep, the Brick Road Initiative, which is the new Silk Road for China. Right, exactly, and it's by land and sea and air, and it's. I mean, and they're making inroads. I mean, they're making inroads even, you know, in in uh, Eastern and Western Europe, in, in the sure. Balkans. I mean, they've got a. I mean, it's it's not it's not something that should be ignored, but it's very unknown here in the United States when we talk about the Biden administration in in the context of China today. Also, you may see China you know, lash out militarily just because they're suffering economically right now. So there's a lot of forces swirling around, you know, their real estate sector is collapsing. So they could be wagging the dog at some point as well. Yeah, that is. And, Bagram, and having Bagram Air Base just helps that whole objective. Right. And and the value of the Bagram Air Base space is, I mean, when we pulled out, we pulled out intelligence. We pulled in, out an intelligence operation and we left everything behind. I mean, that's that that is what blows my mind. We mm-hmm. left bundles of money behind. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the ammunition. So, I mean, it was a gift to somebody if they know how to run it. And I think they, you know, they'll probably find somebody that can. Well, they're they they're holding a gun to the head of the pilots that we trained to fly the Blackhawks while they're hanging people from the ropes on the end of the, the skids, you know. So it's, it's it's just incredible. Plus, we gave up. The, all the listening posts and all those activities at the other 15 or 20 airports, those little small airports mm-hmm. around Afghanistan. Now, this was just huge. Yeah. So, so Wayne, when you and your guys that are helping to move people out, hear about what's going on inside, and then you listen to what the State Department or uh DOD or the White House says that is basically mollifying the truth. What's your reaction to this? I mean, because doesn't that tell you that they really don't give a damn? Yeah, well, absolutely. But it's not that they just don't care. It's malicious. I mean, they know better. It reminds me of the the, the, the TV shots where it's, it's uh, mostly peaceful riots while everything burns in the back or or during Iraq when this guy, Aziz, the PIO, said, everything's fine, and right behind him is a U.S. tank rolling into the city. So, no, it's just mystifying, and it's frustrating. And look, it, it causes huge stress among our guys. When, you, when you're up uh, at 2 or 3 in the morning in the United States, listening to people cry for assistance on the phone, grown men cry and say, hey, look, you have to help us, they're going to kill us. They've killed our neighbors. Or they they went into our home. Uh, we had a group that that ran up to Meza um, uh, Sharif, and while they were gone, um, the Taliban moved into their home. So when they came back, there's 20 guys living in their home in in Kabul. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable what's happening. 
Wayne, will you come back and fill us in you know, with with progress as this moves forward? Because I agree with you, and, and I and I, you know, this story is not going to go away. We ha we have to keep it alive, and thanks for what you're doing. I mean, you're doing a we're doing a big service to those people and to the journalists that are that are hiding. The the as you know, uh, as you journalists know, if you get rid of the journalists, uh, which is what the Taliban and Haqqani wants to do. The, the, the stories of atrocities and genocide will never get out. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Wayne, thank you very much for joining us, and, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. And My call pleasure. us anytime and let us know if, 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 if a story needs to be told. Thank you.